Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, presented by Geico of Mobile, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report of Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This week's episode is brought to you by Ron Davis of Geico Mobile. Hey y'all, did y'all know Geico offered water service? That's right. It'll cover breakdowns, gas problems, all kind of stuff like that that we may run into on the water. Hey, and you can even bundle it with your existing boat insurance to save more. Call Ron Davis of Geico Mobile and get you a quote. 251-445-0053. That's Ron Davis at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash AL. All right, guys, for our first segment today, we're going to be on the Tennessee River with guy Jim Leary. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, man, we're just uh, we're just living the dream here in, in Alabama right now. We're all glad just to survive the tornadoes. Uh, they didn't get close to you up there in North Alabama, did they? <laughs> hey, they got real close. Actually, one of the ones that had a debris ball with it went over my house. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not scary. Huh? <laughs> what, what was bad was my power went out and I lost my internet and everything, so I couldn't watch it. I had to rely on a buddy on the telephone to tell me what was going on. Oh, man, that is scary. That's crazy. Well, we're glad you're safe, you and your family, buddy. That's good. So That's awesome. Well, Jim, thanks for joining us. This is co-host Steve Wisdom. And uh, listeners, Jim is a a guides on Gunnersville. And as we always say, we want to bring you a report, good, bad, or ugly. So, Jim, tell us what's going on on Lake Gunnersville right now. How's the fishing? Well, after this wonderful cold front we had, it's uh, it's kind of tough. And we had a trip yesterday. It took us all day because the fish – just were not acting right typical for a florida strand bass they just kind of not really wanting to commit to the baits we had a lot of them pushing the baits and a lot of them just pick it up and swimming off and dropping it i mean it was it was a trying day but at the end of the day they actually started acting right like they finally got warm enough you know basically it's been all three stages uh we seen some fry balls yesterday and they were big fry balls so that's a good thing I say you got them coming, staying, and going right now. You know, I had a question that was asked to me. Actually, my dad asked me this question. He's a big crappie fisherman in uh, in, in North Louisiana, but not a bass guy so much. But he actually was asking me on the phone yesterday, and I thought it would be a great question to ask on the show, is got the fish that have moved up. They're moved up shallow. It's spawn time. When a cold front comes through like this and that water temperature starts dropping back down, do the females, do they hold off or do they move back out? Or do they go ahead? If they if they were getting ready to bed, do they go ahead? Kind of how do they respond to a cold front uh, with, with fish that are going on the bed? You know, I don't do a whole lot of sight fishing anymore just because when this became my job, I realized that was my future and I didn't want to sit there and hinder my future of catching fish so when i started guiding i kind of left them alone but before that when i tournament fished a lot i would notice sometimes like when you'd be sitting there bed fishing a male on a cold front you'll actually see that female hanging off the side sometimes she'll actually kind of poke her nose like out of a, out of a hole of a grass or something she'd just kind of ease out i never really seen them really back really far out i think they stay in the general vicinity because they know where they want to be yeah so do, do you feel like the the females are they're up there now or are they they still kind of out on the first drop oh no they're we seen some yesterday because what it was weird when i seen the bait balls you know the fry i 
I'd see the males and mm-hmm. you would just kind of see in another hole in the grass, you'd, you'd see a real big female just kind of hanging out. You know, it wasn't a bed. It was just, you know, suspended in a hole yeah. of grass. Yeah. And guys, if you don't know, you know, we, we're kind of seeing an unprecedented type cold front for uh, April right now in Alabama, all across the state. And so uh, as Jim's mentioning, it really kind of has these fish, in a weird spot. I mean, we, and Jim mentioned tournament fishing and I used to be a tournament fisherman as well. And, and it's very common in Florida when a cold front comes in this during the spring, it really just shuts them down. And, uh, or, or, or as Jim mentioned, makes them act super funny. And it sounds like that's kind of what we're seeing this week across the state, uh, with this cold front is uh, the fish fishing is not necessarily bad. It's just funny. Um, but that in the afternoons, I think the temperature warms up and, and things kind of get back going like they're supposed to be. Jim, what, what kind of, uh, you know, how are you targeting these fish that you are catching? Or, you know, kind of what's some of your go-to baits in this, in this type of transition, both from the standpoint of time of year, but also with this, this unique cold front. We started the, yesterday off with, you know, throwing chatter baits, you know, traps, square bills, even jerk baits in the cleaner water because it's not all muddy. But for the most part, they don't want to chase completely where I was. I mean, I know farther up river, they're probably chasing. We've been getting a good one every morning on a chase bait, but yesterday it did not happen. We ended up having to do a lot of dragging to get our bites. Mm-hmm. You know, we just taking with like creature baits, lizards, beaver style baits. I'd really love to just be chunking and winding and catching them like normal, yeah. but it ain't working out for us right now. <laughs> and I imagine a lot of your clients are, you know, probably enjoy that type of fishing as well. Cause it seems like it's got more action to it and, you know, kind of makes, makes things uh, a little more exciting when things do happen, when you're using it, as you say, a chasing bait or a moving bait and versus dragging yeah. on the bottom. So, so you yeah, mentioned, you mentioned it's not too dirty. So overall the lakes and the lake color is pretty good right now or, uh, or what? Anywhere where there wasn't like a major run in, like the river's pure chocolate mud. Mm-hmm. Most of the back of the creeks are mud. But anywhere where there wasn't like a runoff, like a like a decent pocket, you know, it mm-hmm. was clean. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, if you get in behind the mud, and like which will probably be happening today, you know, you'll be able to get behind it in the back of the creeks and, you know, get some decent water clarity. What's the health of the grass right now? Is it Man, I, pretty good? I, or <laughs> I think we're going to have an incredible frog year, but we'll probably have it in June. I mean, we got hydrilla topped out in most places where it's been protected all winter mm-hmm. from the high current. Yeah. Six, seven, eight foot of water, there's topped out hydrilla. And it's not like a mat mat, but they're clumps. But, you know, there's more clumps growing up, and it will be topped out. Yeah, absolutely. When do you kind of traditionally kind of see the spawn starting to peter out in on Gunnersville? Well, the last two or three years, it's been into June I've seen it. Uh, just because our winter or our spring winters, whatever you want to call them, they've been they've been lasting longer and longer. It seems like you know, like last year, I remember catching fry garters first week of June. Nice. Wow. I wasn't expecting you to say that. To be honest with you, I thought I thought we would we would really start seeing it wind down. Obviously, this cold front may slow it down a little bit, but still, it traditionally wind down a little bit quicker than that. So, and I guess that tells tells the the listeners that don't leave the shallow shallow water too fast, too quick. Yeah. <laughs> So, are you fishing? The, uh, for the are you most, fishing? I was going to say, for the most part, when it comes to when they're done, the mass majority is going to be done. I was referring to like the main lake mm-hmm. ones that 
pull up just outside of a pocket or something, you know, you'll find them there spawning. Mm-hmm. That's typical late, especially on this river. You know, they don't they don't go real far. They come up, do it, and get out. Absolutely. The majority, that's the bigger ones. That's good stuff. When we have a big, huge rain like we had earlier this week, and you were talking about the mud, I mean, let's say that you had been fishing in a pocket fish were spawning in there you were catching a lot of fish and then we get a big rain like this and there's a lot of and 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 the mud shows up from the creeks do you abandon those places and 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 look for clear water and just wait till the water clears back up like you said and come in behind it depends on the caliber of fishermen i have with me you know sometimes when it's when it gets muddy like that and they're harder to catch but they're still there you got to be patient but when you got you know say a 14 year old and the boat wants a chunk of line, I mean, you're going to go, the easier fish are to be caught. Mm-hmm. Then after you get some fish under your belt, you know, try to go back in there and try to get a big one or whatnot. I try to stay away from it because it is discouraging, even for me, knowing they're there and they're not fighting that well. Right, yeah, it just makes it a little tougher. That makes sense. Well, hey, well, speaking of people that are fishing with you, if somebody wants to go fishing with you, Jim, what's the best way for them to find you and contact you to book a trip? My website's majority of where all my trips do come from, which is GunnersvilleBassGuides.com. I do get some on social media, but my main way to contact me is there's a contact form on my website. You just fill that out, and it goes right to me, and we'll, we'll get your date figured out after that. It's pretty easy. Awesome. Good deal. And uh, so that's the best way is just the the website and Facebook and things like that. You can do Facebook, yeah. I mean, I have a Facebook account. I I don't do a whole lot with it, but it's there. All right. Well, well, guys, well, Jim, real quick, man, one thing we do is we always want, before we let you go, we always want to get a tip. So this week's Tennessee River Bass Fishing Tip, it was brought to you by Great Day Outdoors. If you hunt or fish Alabama or the Deep South, you know that it's different down here. Spawning season, patterns, food sources are not the same as other areas of the country. At Great Day Outdoors Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best Southern hunters and anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles along with so much more. Pick up Great Day Outdoor Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Day Outdoors magazines can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shop, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. For a Tennessee River bass fishing tip of the day, what's your one tip, Jim, that you can give fishermen that are going out this weekend or tomorrow or whatever? Well, with this warming trend coming, I'd almost believe you could catch them on top water because they're there. They're going to be active by this week, and we're going to have 70s again. So I would throw your favorite top water. I'd get in there in that two to three foot range and just see what happens. Man, that's awesome. I I love it when the top water starts to turn on. And so I'm glad that's your tip of the day. Uh, If if you're on Gunnersville, there's plenty of primrose. Now, that's where a lot of the fry garters are, but you want to throw a frog, you go in there and throw a frog, you're going to catch fish. I mean, you might not catch four or five pounders, but you'll catch two to three pounders. Yeah, absolutely. Is the are, are the fish healthy right now? They're pretty healthy. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of healthy fish. They're so healthy, they may only be like you might catch four fourteen incher, and that's going to be almost two and three quarter pounds. It's it's incredible how fat they are. That's good. 
Well, guys, as as Jim said, the tip of the day for him is hey, if you're on Gunnersville in the next couple of days with a warming trend, don't be scared to throw that top water. Jim, thank you for your time, man. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, and you know we look forward to to having you on again soon, buddy. So thank you very much, and good luck fishing. And if you guys want to take a trip with Jim, y'all go to uh, GunnersvilleBassGuides.com and uh, get that process rolling, and he'll take care of you. Jim, thank you for your time, man. We look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks. All right, for segment two today, we are coming to you with Brad Whitehead, crappie specialist at Pickwick. What's going on, Brad? Man, we are just trying to survive. Well, we've been dodging tornadoes. A lot of those guys been dodging tornadoes. We're trying to save us from drowning. We have got water every week. We have got our, our share of plenty of rain for the last few weeks. Uh, no doubt about that, man. No yeah, doubt it, about it. It seems like that uh, Pickwick tends to get the uh, the excess water year in and year out, in, in my experience. Is, is that what you're seeing? 100%. They turned all the spillways on. They've got the generators pumping. Uh, Wilson and Wheeler, it is a lot of flow right now. I mean, a lot of flow. Wow. I actually grew up in the area, and I just always remember that as a kid. It just seems like... Man, we always get all the water dumped on us uh, on Pickwick, and obviously the high water could uh, could make or break you. Tell us, tell us about how the crappie are biting and what what it's looking like, and what part of the lake you're kind of tackling right now with that high water. Well, we've had some really good trips the last couple of weeks, and it seems like for some odd reason last weekend when we got the last two inches of rain that it just totally stopped. I mean, we were having seventy to eighty fish per trip per day it's kind of dropped back to about 20 the size is still there you know we caught some big fish the past couple of days but our numbers has slowly declined i really don't know why i think the first batch of crappie has actually gone to the banks but you know i've got friends that are fishing nine foot of water i on the other hand is actually fishing 22 to 23 foot of water Good so, gracious. Yeah, yeah. We, we do a technique called side pulling. And I'll be honest with you, and I tell my clients, I don't want you in that shallow water. I don't want to be tying on all day, so I keep you out there deep. But there's a there's a reason for this. It lets me catch. Like this morning, we, we woke up, and there's frost on the windshield. Okay, those shallow water fish are going to move out. Well, guess what? My deep water fish are not going to move much. I'm going to catch them going to the banks and coming back from the banks. So it really works out pretty good to stay stay a little bit deeper than the average crappie fisherman. Man, that sounds awesome. Now, I know we're talking about reports, but I'm going to deviate a little bit on this this sidewinder. What did you call it? What technique are you talking about? It, it's, it, it's actually called side pulling. It side pulling. Yes, the trolling motor is actually mounted on the side of the boat. So what it allows you to do, you're in a controlled drift. And what I mean by that is I've got a lot of weight. I've got two quarter-ounce jigs, and I can actually count down. Let's say we're in 20 foot of water, okay? We see the fish at 16 foot deep. I actually count down 16 foot, and I can keep those baits by controlling the trolling motor. I can keep those baits in that strike zone all day. I know it sounds crazy. It does. I'm sitting here trying to picture this. I've never in my life have a... I'm trying to picture how this trolling motor is mounted on the side of the boat. Well, I, I actually helped design a boat 
War Eagle Boats out of Monticello, Arkansas. I actually uh-huh. designed this boat for us several years ago. All right, if you're thinking of a 17 and a half foot uh, aluminum boat, all mm-hmm. right, we've got my seat is in the back. It's a tiller handle. Mm-hmm. I've got two seats beside me. The trolling motor is between me and the second person. Okay, and what this allows to do, I can fish two other people. We can fish fresh water all day, and nobody's fishing behind the other guy. You know, a lot of these guides, which yeah. works really, really well, they'll sit in the front and they'll have their clients in the back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, me, I can sit in two to three foot apart and I can watch everybody's rods. We fish nine rods at one time, two baits per <laughs> rod, and we can cover 17 feet. I'll shoot you some pictures later uh, today and kind of show you how it works. It's a really, really unique way of fishing. Now, I can't fish shallow water. The trolling motor spooks the fish. So it's really designed for deep water. It's a really unique technique. I started it about 12 years ago. You know, I care a lot of, a lot of guys that are elderly, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. I care a lot of, you know, men and women. And it's once they sit down, they don't have to get back up. That's okay? right. You can fish all day. It's a really unique style. Uh, everybody sees me that they go, you Alabama boys ain't figured out that trolling motor goes on the front of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, uh, but so I care t- people from New York all the way down to Tampa, Florida to come up to see it. You know, it's a, it, it's just a neat way of fishing. That's, That's awesome. awesome. So tell us, what are you fishing with? I heard you say quarter ounce jig heads or just what's going on down there around the fish. Okay. Uh, I'll just take the other day, for example, um, you know, a lot of the guys were having a lot of trouble up shallow. So I backed off in the 18 to 19 foot of water. What we're using are uh, two quarter ounce. We use homemade hair jigs. We use the other day, crappie magnet makes a uh, lure called a slab magnet. It's about two and a half inches long. It's basically a solid body with a curly tail. Uh, we use no menace. And, and our goal is if I can make a hundred yards pass, and catch four or five fish, obviously, if I make 10 passes, I'm going to catch 10, 50 fish. Mm -hmm. So it's a quick, I can turn the boat real quick. You know, it's one of those deals that I have to have the wind in my face to to be able to control it. We're Mm -hmm. pulling at about one mile an hour. So if we're seeing fish in 16 foot of water, I really need to pull out about 18 feet for the one mile an hour to, to get everything set. So I know y'all's minds are just turning, there's, but I'll, absolutely. I'll this so, is great though. I, this is great. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's, I, and I love crappie fishing and I'm, I'm a bass guy, but my kids are getting, have gotten older and now they're fishing a lot and crappie is a great way to introduce a kid fishing. And I personally am falling in love with it, but this is the first time I've kind of got excited talking about crappie. This fishing. is beautiful. I'm just being honest. I, I mean, my mind right. is rolling. I'm trying to visualize this and I'm thinking, I got I got to go to Pickwick. I, I, when we get off here, I got to call Brad. I got to go to Pickwick. <laughs> we got to go because <laughs> I want to go do this. This is, this is awesome. So yes, our minds I, are spinning right now, but that's exciting, man. I, Brad, yeah. when you, and, and I know you, you just said you're looking for the fish. When you're going out to that deeper water, Obviously, you're you're using your electronics a good bit. I would I would say, but where do you start? Are you starting like off of a point on a drop off? So, kind of walk us through what you're looking for initially, and then what you're looking for on your electronic. Okay, seeing that this technique was discovered on Pickwick forty something years ago, Pickwick got a lot of deep flats, which a lot of people can't 
you know, they can't get in their mind what we consider deep water. Deep water to us is 22 to 25 foot, okay? There's a lot of deep flats that back years ago when they dammed up Pickwick, they went in and they cut the timber off of it, okay? These were old farms and stuff, and the original stumps, or a lot of them are still there. I, I dove for years. My dad's a, a master diver. We've dove to see these stumps. I mean, they're amazing. They're big as a truck hood. And what happens a lot of times, we have a drawdown every winter where they pull the water down. Well, what happens is when they are bringing the water back up, these crappie come out of these creek channels and they they filter into these big flats. And I'm talking flats that are big as two or three football fields, okay? They'll filter to them, you know, and get in that 16, 18 foot of water. And they're really just kind of waiting for the water temperature. You know, Mother Nature tell them, hey, it's time. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? We're already out there in March catching them before they go to the banks. And I think a lot of people in their mind, they think, my granddaddy told me that these fish get in two to three foot of water. Well, that's true. But not all fish get in two to three foot of water. It's kind of like all humans don't live in the same kind of house. I mean, you got small neighborhoods, you got big neighborhoods. Well, years ago when they d- discovered this style of fishing, they realized that you could catch fish in 18 and 19 foot of water in April because they're spawning. And the reason I know they're spawning, I can make a pass and I can catch the males. They're solid black. And then I can catch the females. So I know they're out there together, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not getting pressured. You go to bed and it's 70 degrees. Okay. You wake up as we did this morning and it's 39 degrees. Well, that slaps those fish that are in that shallow water. It don't bother the fish in 18 to 19 foot of water as bad as it does the, the fish that are shallow. So Makes it's sense. kind of an insurance deal for us, really. What are you looking for on your on your electronics? Are you looking for bait fish, or can you see the crappie on your electronics? I can see the crappie. That's another unique uh, situation that we have. My, my transducer is mounted behind me. And, and what I mean by that, it's on the same side as my trolling motor, which will be the right-hand side of the boat. Well, I can actually tell my clients, hey, there's some fish coming. Okay, as the trolling motor and the transducer's coming over the fish, the baits are right in front of them. Okay, so I can tell clients that hadn't been paying attention, hey, guys, they're ready. Look, since we've got this six-foot rule, I'm going to single trips, meaning I can only put one person per boat. Okay. I've got several other guides that help me. When's the last time you spent all day with a 13-year-old giggling girl? Well, let me tell you, I spent two days. I spent two days with a 13-year-old, precious, sweet, giggling little girl. And I would have to tell her sometimes, all right, here they come. You could see them on the bottom or you could see them suspended. Mm-hmm. And it really helps, especially for people that don't get to fish a lot. You know, yeah, they're looking absolutely. at boats and houses. So I'll have to get that in y'all's mind. I'll have to send you some links and show yeah. you what we're doing. So next time we talk, you're going to have an idea of what we're doing. That's so. that's so good. That's so good. Well, uh, Brad, thank you for that insight. It has truly gotten me excited. Tell the listeners about if they want to come take a trip with you. Even in the midst of this coronavirus, they, they may have to ride solo. But how can they get in touch with you? No doubt the easiest way is by phone. 256-483-0834. I've also got an Instagram and Facebook. You're welcome to message me on that. I'm old school. I'd rather call and talk to you and kind of let you know 
what to expect when you're coming fishing with us. I've got a couple of guides that help us, you know, during the busy season. But we're going to tell you up front, hey, we're catching this many. If you want to come, come on. If you don't, maybe we can put you off and catch you later in the year. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I know you sent me some good pictures yesterday. I know one thing. I don't know how many you catching, but you catching some slabs, brother. You catching some big fish. So, one thing that we want to do is, man, what is your what's your crappie tip of the day in Pickwick? Give us give us one takeaway, one tip. If somebody's going up there to, to Pickwick or on the Tennessee North Alabama, what's your tip? Well, two things, right quick. Number one, if you're coming up here, especially with all the rain that we've got, be careful. Be mindful. There's a lot more traffic on the water uh, than normal, especially if you come during the week. This time of year, you got to watch out for for floating debris. You know, just kind of be mindful that you're coming up here with with a lot more people than normal. The second thing, don't always think shallow with crappie. Go deep. You know, go 12 to 18 foot of water. If you don't do any good, try that 18 to 22 foot of water. You'll be surprised of how many crappie you can catch in deep water, and you can do it year-round. Well, I am surprised. You you opened my eyes, and I, I think Stevens as well. So you you got our you got our head spinning a little bit. So that's man, and that's a beautiful thing about having this report, man. We're learning something every every week. So Brad, thank you so much for for your update up there. We really look forward to talking with you again soon, man. So uh, good luck. Keep filling the boat up, and guys, if you want to go fishing with Brad. He gave out his information. All you got to do is get up with him and book a trip. Brad, thank you, man. We look forward to talking to you again. Stay safe out there, brother. I got a feeling I'm going to see you two pretty soon up here to try the side pulling. <laughs> we got to do it. Thanks, Brad. Take care, buddy. All right. Yes, sir. All right, guys, for our next segment, we are going to the Coosa River with Walker Kent. Walker, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, fellas? Y'all doing all right? We're doing good, man. We are doing good. good. Well, we are, but right out of the gate, I got to know, are you chasing spots? Are you chasing largemouth right now? Man, it's kind of a 50-50 deal. It's weird. The the largemouth have really just now started biting here, and that Lay Lake is what I'm talking about mainly. Usually, the largemouth is the deal, but this year, with as much rain and current and stuff as we've had, the big largemouth just hadn't bit, or they hadn't bit for me. I should say, are not consistently. So it's been more of a spot deal early, catch a bunch of spots and then kind of run around, look for some big largemouth, you know, when it gets warm, warms on up a little bit. And now the largemouth should really start playing more because we're kind of getting into shad spawn time now. So, so you're really going to see, Absolutely. you're really going to see some more largemouth. We'll dive into that in just a second. And for the listeners, guys, if, you, if you're if you from other parts of the state and you haven't had a chance to travel to the area of the state where the Coosa River is, it is dominated by the spotted bass. And, and some, of the, uh, some of the lakes along the river are phenomenal. But uh, Lay uh, happens to have significantly more grass in it than the other ones. And it tends to, uh, its largemouth bass population really tends to show out. And so... So let's kind of dissect this a little bit, Walker, with the 50-50. Let's, and let's start with the largemouth. And a lot of people around the state have probably heard about the swim jig and swimming jig in the grass. And So tell us what the largemouth are doing and how you're catching them and, and, and where they're at in their transition. And then, and then let's talk a little bit about spotted bass. So let's talk about the largemouth bite on Lay Lake. Where, what's it looking like? Right now, we're kind of, the spawn is pretty much winding down here. I mean, I'm sure there's still a wave or two, a small wave on the next full moon we'll get. But as far as those big waves, I think they've kind of come. They've done their deal. 
and the fish are still hanging out shallow. They hadn't left and gone. I mean, they're postponed, but for a few weeks, they'll just kind of hang around. You can catch them shallow like you're talking about on a swim jig. That's the deal here. I mean, on Lay Lake, everybody you see will be pretty much swimming a jig. I mean, they'll have three or four on the deck, and you can just go down the bank right now. I mean, you can catch them. Like, we've been having trips where we're catching 30 and 40 fish largemouth. Now, you usually don't catch that many largemouth mm-hmm. on a swim jig, and they're all nice fish in two and a half, three, three and a half pounds. They're great bigger ones. The big ones are kind of hard to come by, but as far as just going down the bank with a swim jig, now's as good as it gets. Now yeah. until about mid-April, I mean, it's when you want to be here, and if you hadn't ever swam a jig, now's the time to come and do well, it. On, to that point right there, we may have some listeners on here that have never swam a jig before. Kind of break that down a little bit. Swimming a jig, just kind of tell us what you do when you're swimming a jig. Right. A swim jig's a little bit different than just your normal jig. You know, people think of a jig, they think of like a ball head. This A swim jig has more of a slender bullet type head, and it's like a quarter ounce or five sixteenths is usually what I throw around here. But most everything we're fishing is, is shallow, you know, two feet or less for the most part. So, I mean, you just throw that jig up there and you basically just wind it back like a spinnerbait. I mean, it's simple. All you do is throw it, anybody can do it. You throw it up there and reel it back to the boat and there's no doubt when one gets it i mean you see him get it you feel him get it you got him i mean it, it's about as fun as it gets as far as catching a fish to me you anyway. use a trailer i do and this time of year like i kind of said earlier there's a little bit of a shad spawn deal starting so now i'll use like a swim bait style trailer like a reactions innovations uh, like a little dipper or a skinny dipper and i just match my jig like right now i'll swim a white jig from daylight to dark like i won't ever put it down and they eat it all day long and i mean i just a white skinny dipper on the back of a white five sixteenths or quarter ounce swim jig and just hit the bank and go now do you fishing with braid or fluorocarbon braided line i use a 50 pound braid and i on the coosa river it stays stained all the time so you never really have to to swap the fluorocarbon or monofilament so it's pretty much always a braided line deal here now, when you say you're just running down the bank, are you running down, you know, guys, if you haven't been on the Coosa River, most of the Coosa River, the main river is just lined with, I guess we call it Coosa grass. I imagine there's a real scientific name for it, but are you just running down the, the, the grass that's on the main river or are you, are you up in pockets and, and creeks and things? You can catch them both ways, but I feel like the majority of the fish right now are in the pockets and in the creeks. Now, you may fish the main lake stuff and you may pick up a better fish that way. But as far as just going out and catching a bunch of fish, the pockets and the creeks, and as far as, I'm sure everybody's heard of Beeswax Creek. It's probably the most famous creek on all of Lay Lake, maybe the whole Coosa River. When you could put your boat in the water at Beeswax, right now I feel like and pick up a swim jig and never crank your big motor. You just put the trolling motor down and just start going in circles, and you're you're going to catch some fish. Oh, Van Dam made that lake, made that uh that. That area creek. famous right <laughs> yeah he did he did yep he sure he sure did i don't think it i don't think it's been the same since then but there's still a bunch of fish in there there's no doubt about it uh now some of our other guys who have called in today says traffic on the lakes are, are really high right now which i guess because no one's doing anything but are you seeing that on the coos there's a lot of people out fishing oh yeah there's a ton of people the boat ramps have been full of boats and trucks every day i've been but i mean everybody's been doing a pretty good job and nobody's really crowding each other nobody's you know, nobody's getting close and hanging out or anything like that. So there are a lot of people out here fishing, but a lot of guys are by themselves. I mean, heck, if you got to be quarantined, you might as well be out here in your boat by yourself 
trying to yeah, catch a fish. No doubt. Absolutely. Do you feel is the upper end or lower end of uh, Lay Lake uh, in, uh, better than one of the other right now? Is one of them turned on? or? I would say probably the mid-lake area. What I'm calling mid-lake would be between like Beeswax Creek all the way down to maybe the Narrows. That section of the lake seems to have more quality fish. Now, as far as I don't think there's a bad section right now as far as just fishing goes it's i would say the past two or three weeks may have been about as good as i've ever seen it as far as just catching numbers of good quality fish i've uh, and it's just been i don't know if it's if it's the weather that we've had you know it's gotten warm a little earlier i know it's cool today Mm -hmm. but you know we've, we've the water temperature to me is about five or six degrees ahead of schedule it's kind of it's kind of getting back in line now but i would say two weeks ago we were way ahead of schedule and those fish like two weeks ago i think the most fish were coming off the bed then and they were just ready to eat and and they and from then till now they've been they've been biting really well that's i mean i would say from one end to the other i don't think you could go wrong anywhere you went right now now we've had quite a bit of rain recently in Alabama across the state. How how is that affecting Lay Lake right now? I know I recently was down there around this tail race and they were just dumping water. Uh, what is it like now? How's the water? Is it stable? Is it dirty? What what's going on with the water clarity? It's pretty stained right now after the rain we had Sunday, and I know they've filled Logan Martin up now, which is just north on the Coosa River of Lay Lake, and so they're dumping some water out of Logan trying to get it. I guess where they want it for full pool. So lay is, it's probably, I would say about six inches above full pool right now. And it's dirty. I mean, it's not too dirty to fish. It's definitely a little more stained now than maybe say back over the weekend. The weekend, it was probably, I'd say Saturday visibility was probably 18 inches to two feet, but now it's kind of dirtied back up to where maybe six inches of visibility. So it, yeah. but as far as uh, as far as like the current goes, the current has it's kind of stabilized. But up two weeks ago, there was so much current out here. There was current down around places in the middle of the lake, like I've never seen before. I mean, it, it was ripping, and I think that's what made the spots bite so much better than the largemouth. Yeah, absolutely. So, and before we transition into spots who are very current oriented on the Coosa River and, and really any any river that's dammed, there's always this variable of the tail race. And uh, have you spent any time up in the tail race? It's kind of a, a world of its own. Spent any time up there? I have. I've spent a little bit of time up there. But to be honest with you, it gets nowadays it gets crowded up there for me. So I just kind of stay down the lake a little ways. I stay out of the way and. And there's, there are a lot of places on down the river where there are current breaks. There'll be road beds or just points on the main lake that have a current break in them. And I spend most of my time spot fishing down the lake in that mid lake around Cedar Creek, down towards Okemo, that area of the lake. I don't spend a ton of time up in the tail race. Yeah, awesome. Uh, now, so let's transition. You know, obviously on the Coosa River, there's uh, always the opportunity to chase largemouth and the infamous Coosa spot. What's the spot doing right now? The spots are biting. They're biting really good too. And most of those I feel like are probably postponed now, but they're still in the same places where they spawned. I mean, any kind of hard spot you can find in two to three, four feet of water that's kind of hard and flat and you got some deep water close by. I mean, you can sling a czar spook or throw a shaky head, throw a swim bait across it, and 
spots are mean. They'll about rip the rod out of your hand. <laughs> That's so awesome. They're, they're fun to catch. And all of those are are, are kind of out on the main river. Yeah, or? yeah. All the spot stuff is is on the main river. Everything I fish or everything I found is are kind of like those hard places out off the bank. And then, I mean, any seawall, riprap, anywhere like that up against the bank. If you're if you've never been to Lay Lake before and you want to catch a spotted bass, I mean, just get a buzz bait or a spinner bait or a czar spook and find you a seawall and start chunking. It won't be long and you'll you'll be tied into one. Well, that's a fun way to fish too, man. That czar spook is uh, when you get them hitting that, it's not not a whole lot more exciting or more fun than that i actually caught the biggest fish i've caught in a while on his R spook the other day he was a little over nine pounds or around the nine pound mark of course that was you know in a private lake but still man when they hit that spook it's uh it's a fun it's a fun time oh yeah it's fun and right now here like on lay lake you can put a spook in your hand if you've got a day where it's a little windy or an overcast day like this weekend, I know we've got a decent chance of rain Saturday and Sunday. Those will be days when you can put that spook in your hand and, and never put it down when you can catch them on it. A lot of people think like a topwater spook or something, that's the first hour or two. Not here, not with these spots. They'll bite. If you get around them, they'll bite it all day long and big ones too. Seems like you don't catch many on it that aren't good. I mean, nice three, four pound spotted bass. And that's, I mean, a four pound spotted bass used to be a big one. Now it's it's kind of become about average here on Lake. So that's Dang, that's, that's awesome. They're fun. Well, well, guys, Walker's a little bit different. You know, we we have a lot of guides call in, but we also like to run down guy fishermen who just spend a lot of time on the walk water. And Walker's not actually a guide; he's a tournament fisherman who's just fishes his heart out. And so we knew that that he would have some uh, great. Uh, intel for the Coosa River and so Walker thank you so much for coming on we normally let you tell everybody how they can come fish with you but I don't know that you tournament guy I'm surprised you gave us as much as you did being a tournament tournament guy so uh, oh man I just I like for people to catch fish I I don't care I'm all about fishing so yeah if I can, he, if I can he help may somebody have out if I can help somebody out I'm all about it there's plenty of room out here and there's plenty of grass on this lake for everybody to pick up a white swim jig and go throw it. I'm not worried about it. Well, he, you may have a hard time keeping me out of the boat with you, Walker. I'm, I, I want to I go with you one day soon, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come on. We'll do it. You know, and with that, Walker, we always like to give give just a walkaway tip. And so for just, you know, if, if you could just leave the listeners with one tip for the Lay Lake right now on the Coosa River. And guys, this this week's Coosa River Bass Tips brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Southeastern Pond Management is the South's go-to for all your pond management needs. If you need to stock your lake, fertilize, or stock more bass or, or bait fish, give Norman at Southeastern Pond Management a call at 205-288-1371 or just simply go over to sepond.com. That's sepond.com. Walker, if I could only do one thing right now, one tip, if I was going to hook up the boat and go to Lay Lake when I got off the radio with you here, what would it be? And if you were going to if you're going to hook up and go when you left today, I'd still say come down here and put that jig in your hand and and find some of that coosa willow like we were talking about, or even the dollar grass. The dollar grass it's holding some fish right now too. But if I had another tip, I would say wait until the morning, get here early, first thirty minutes of daylight, the shad phone it's going down right now and you can have some of the best fishing of your life and it only lasts 30 minutes or an hour or so in the morning but for that first 30 minutes 
you can take that white swim jig with a little swim bait trailer on it and you can have a good time i mean there's nothing yeah. to pull up to one mat of grass and catch five bass that weigh 20 pounds out of one mat right now with chat's going going on so it, Man, it's it's time that is awesome and i used to love i actually used to hate that back in the day when i was a tournament fisherman because you know when i traveled around the country to fish and just because i travel around the country to fish doesn't mean i was any good at it but they would always say the shad spawns on well you only had 30 minutes that day to find the shad spawn that they were talking about and if you didn't you missed you missed and you're off to figuring out something else and so the shad spawn is a love-hate relationship because if you don't time it right you miss it really quick so with that being said when you're talking about the shad spawn when you go out in the morning those first 30 minutes what are you look are you looking for shad uh, on top of the water i mean what are, what are you looking for to go okay well shad spawn's going on and, that's and right they and i'll tell you like here, it, it's pretty easy to find a good shad spawn because say you pull out on the main lake and you're going to your first spot and you look across the lake and there's 15 birds sitting over there on the bank and 10 more circling around in the air, you pretty well know there's either a shad spawn going on or those birds are there and they're expecting one to start any second. So, I mean, it's pretty easy. And most of the shad spawn stuff happens out towards the, the main lake. There's not a lot of it that goes on back in the pockets and stuff like that. There'll still be some shad spawns back there, but the best ones will be out on the main lake around like some blown up mats that have kind of gotten loose from the winter time and they've washed up against people's docks. Those are always good places for a shad spawn. Any seawall, riprap, any place like that, all that, all those places are great places for a shad spawn. You can catch them on a swim jig, a spinner bait, and you'll know if you're throwing a spinner bait because You'll be thinking you're getting 10 bites on the way back in because you'll have shad hitting spinnerbait. You'll be thinking you're getting a bite, and it's just big old shad trying to spawn with your spinnerbait. So <laughs> they're pretty. They're, it's pretty easy to find a shad spawn, especially right now because they're just kind of getting cranked up. When it starts winding back down, they're little. They're kind of few and far between. And I'll say this about the shad spawn too. You said love hate relationship. Now I'm not saying you may pull up to a shad spawn and there may be six and seven pounders blowing up, and you can't get them to bite nothing. Now that's when it's a love-hate relationship when you can <laughs> see them and there's so much shad there, you can't get them to bite anything. You know they're there. You'll spend two hours after the shad are gone still trying to catch them. That's but great. It is. It's definitely, it's definitely a love-hate relationship, but it can be the best 30 minutes of fishing you ever experience if you if you get lucky enough to hit it just right. Perfect, man. Well, hey, Walker, thank you, buddy, for, for your time and for your advice and the report that you gave us today. Oh, some some really good stuff. And, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping in the boat and uh, and going with you soon. So Yeah, man, we'll go anytime you want to go. And, and it, this has been fun, man. I'll do it anytime. Well, we appreciate it. We're definitely going to have you back on soon. And I'll talk to you not too far from now, I'm sure, and try to line up a trip. So appreciate it, Walker. And All right, we look, man. To, we look forward to talking to you again next time, buddy. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all having me. All right. Thank you. That was some great stuff from Walker. We appreciate him being on. But now we are going to take you down a little further south on the Alabama River with Joe Dunn. Joe, what you got going on, buddy? Well, we got a little bit of rain. It's going to shove a lot of water our way right now. But uh, you're still going to be able to catch some fish. The, the main river's done, got a little stained, a little trashy. I checked the water levels again this morning, and it's going to jump probably. 15 feet below the dam and probably about 10 feet on up around Selma. So in between there with us, you know, we're going to get probably about a three to four foot rise uh, where I'm at there, you know, around Alligator Slough and then uh, 
on further down toward the dam, you know, it still won't be six, eight inches is about the most they'll get down there. But uh, with that being said, we've, you know, most of our fish, we're getting, I'd say, a little over half of them have done about spawned out. But we still got a few that's, you know, still in the spawn right now. So uh, you can get back in some of those sloughs and bigger creeks where there'll be some clear water because we were lucky. Most of the rain was north of us. So that means it's just mainly going to be a stained river and uh, some of the flats will be stained. But uh, the big creeks like Mill Creek, uh, the uh, Marina Slough, uh, Ladale Slough, uh, Foster Creek, and some of the ones a little bit further north will still be clear. But once you get, say, around Pine Barren, somewhere there, it's going to be muddy. And then as you get a little bit further up, then the water's going to start going out in the woods right now. So it'll make it a little bit tougher on the upper end. You'll do better this weekend, probably staying, you know, Pine Barren and South would probably be the, my choices for them right now. That's good stuff right there. Thank you for the thoroughness. Uh, a, a lot of guys don't often share all the creek names, and, and that, I think that really helps our listeners uh, get a, a bearing on their, their navigation. Um, so we talked to you a couple weeks ago. Things kind of were moving on along. You were kind of up in shallows. Had the fish still up shallow? They moved, moved out, or where, where are they at right now? Actually, like I said, you're still going to be able to catch a few up shallow in the grass if you want to do the you know, men and cork or, or flip a jig. You need to go to look in those in that structure in that eight, ten, twelve foot of water. Now, the best way to fish those is going to be either trolling if you have the poles and do the trolling. If not, just get down there and single pole inside of those things. Either drop the jig down in it and uh, or or minnow and you know fish four to six foot over that structure, and you'll do real good. Uh, even last week before all this rain, I talked to some people that were even catching some out in the river already, you know, and which, you know, it's that time. And uh, actually last weekend, me and my, one of my sons, we went and went trolling, but we went below the dam in the tail races there. They done cut the floodgates off and we were catching some huge crappie in there, but that's over with now with this water coming back up, they're going to open all them floodgates up and you know, just mess that up again. So we'll have to go back and uh, I'm probably going to fish gold mine or probably in buzzard roost, places like that. And uh, I'll be trolling, you know, I'm set up for it. I like to do that. Mm -hmm. But the guy that's not stay out in the middle, hunt some of that deeper structure, you'll probably do better than the guy that's going to be beating the banks right now. Awesome. Now, one thing I've, uh, I've wondered is, the you know a lot of times when the water gets dirty or muddy when you're bass fishing you can still overcome that with with certain techniques and even certain areas how does the dirty water affect crappie like you said they will still bite you'll just have to change up your colors a little bit you may have to go to like some i got a certain jigs i use more than it's got a, like a black body a maroon head maybe a chartreuse tail uh stuff like that go with your uh, june bug colors uh black and blue stuff like that i won't be using my whites and pinks and uh silvers and stuff in that this type water mm-hmm. right now but saying that then you can like i said hunt around on the lake and, and middle's ferry is very unique if you keep looking you're gonna find the color water you want mm-hmm. because there's some places that never muddy up and some that's gonna stain up so 
And uh, with these blue bluebird skies, it makes it a little tougher too. And they'll be holding tight to some kind of wood or structure, usually right now or up under that grass, one of the two. They're going to get out of the sunshine. Uh, man, are you guys still catching a lot of numbers? Not as many as we were earlier. But as soon as this thing settles back down, we'll we'll be able to go back and pick up big numbers, especially once they go to getting on this structure that we have out in the middles and stuff like that. You ain't got the corona, do you? We can't have you having oh, no. a on here now. <laughs> We're six foot from you, so that's okay. <laughs> you'll be surprised you can clear out a room with a cough right now <laughs> yeah you go to walmart right now want to check out and there's a long line all you gotta do is start wheezing and coughing a little bit and everybody will roll out and you check right on through oh yeah well man it sounds very similar across the state with the amount of rain and not just rain folks but just we've had a lot of really big storms which bring a lot of water just rushing into our systems which creates a lot of instability and a lot of fish love consistency and love stability and uh, they do love current but they don't they don't like when all this dirty nasty muddy water rushes in overnight and so fishing around the state may not be at its best but man it is still still really good and that's why i love the great state alabama and love living in alabama because even when it's not very good it's still better than most so Joe, man, thanks for your time today. So glad that you were willing to jump on here. Thanks again for for your patience and holding. And, man, we look forward to having you on uh, regularly telling us about the Alabama River. Before we jump off, anything going on in the bass world on the Alabama River right now? Uh, Basically, you know, it's still a spawn, still going on in certain areas. It's still not quite as strong. Some of them done spawned out. I know they was catching a lot of fish on those crankbaits here the other day running those uh square bills you know just off the bank where the fish had done spawned out or moving out a little bit uh getting ready to transition to other places they still in the area but you know not right up there spawning so that those square bills are doing real good around here man i like to hear that the square bill is probably one of my favorite baits of all time you love it love it Love it. One of, one of your go-tos. That's yeah. good stuff. Well, hey, Joe, give us your tip, man. The Alabama River tip of the day. What do you got for us, brother? One tip, somebody's going fishing this weekend or tomorrow. What you, what, what they need to do? Like I said, don't give up on the crappie because they they're, they're still here. Uh, they might not be up as shallow as you normally fish. Learn to be able to transition with them and follow them. Just don't give up on them and say, well, since the spawn's about over with, I'm not going. But Learn to find that structure just out. What I'm talking about, now don't find the one that the, the, the limbs are sticking up that everybody can see. Take your electronics and get out in that little deeper water and go to searching for it. And I guarantee you that stuff's going to hold more fish than what you've been catching up on the banks, no doubt. Hey, Joe, man, we appreciate it. And before we let you go, if somebody wants to come down there to Miller's Ferry area and uh, load the boat with some crappie and, and learn a lot and have a good time, man, how do they, how do they reach you? Hey, just call me here at Dunn Sports. The number is 334-636-0850. That's good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate it. Y'all give him a call. Go down there and catch some fish with him. And uh, we'll talk to you next time, brother. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Stephen, another great show, man. A lot of good information on that. I'm, we heard some things that we've never heard before today, especially in the in the crappie world. But uh, when you when you think about today's show, what's your takeaway? Well, I think it's clear that 
typical in spring in the south and in Alabama is these heavy rains can get things all messed up. But uh, I think the theme so far throughout the spring is this spring has been a really good fishing spring. And even though yep. this this week may may not be as good, it's probably still really good because they're everybody's comparing it to how good it has been. So, man, I'm excited. I love when fishing's good, not only because I, I have a passion for fishing, but but because my kids are falling in love with it, and so I know when it's good. Look, here's the fact of the matter: a kid doesn't fall in love with fishing. A kid falls in love with catching absolutely you know what i'm saying and then as you get older you fall in love with the pursuit of fish like me i i could fish all day and not catch a fish and be just as tickled but kids fall in love with catching with and catching. so when we can take them to catch things are good around the wisdom family you so. know i thought gerald made a really good point last week back up to Gerald's show last week oh gee man he said you know and, and i think it's the same way with kids that it is with our wives a lot of times we introduce them the wrong way. We'll take them on a, on a bad day, on a bad lake. They get bored. They're not catching. They're freezing, and, and they lose interest really quick. So this time of the year is a great time to introduce these kids to, to fishing uh, because even though it may not be this week, this is when we say good, bad, and ugly, and this has been one of the uglier weeks, but it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think this time of the year around Alabama is a great time to introduce these kids to where they can actually catch some fish and hooked on the love of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good time to be on the water. So I hope you guys are spending time on the water. And, and, and again, as always, we hope that uh, the little information we're bringing you is, is, is allowing you to not only gain more confidence in fishing, but gaining confidence to go visit maybe a lake around the state that you haven't visited lately or ever. And, and maybe this is just some starting point information for you. So glad you guys are with us. We look forward to it each and every week. That's it, man. That, and that'll, that'll wrap us up for the day. Man, y'all please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review whenever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash A-F-F-R, and we'll send you the new show each week. We're live on iTunes uh, as well, so, man, we, uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Be sure and spread the word about the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report on your social media uh, with your friends. Just text them, call them, tell them to join us, and we appreciate all you listeners getting on. So until next week, Stephen, we'll talk to them then. See you, man. All right, guys, we're out. Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the full line of all-natural dock-enhancing fish cleaning stations at KillerDock.com. And also brought to you by Geico of Mobile. Give Ron Davis, your Geico agent, a call at 251-445-0053 or visit him online at geico.com forward slash mobile dash al. And brought to you by Fish Bites, ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, fishbites.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property 
as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. And also brought to you by Great Day Outdoors magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdayoutdoors.com. 